Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, along with Rob Lewis of Inc. Realty, Philip talks about should I buy a new home or buy an existing home? What are the factors to consider when making this decision? And what's the trend of the Texas housing market? Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right, we are back with another episode of the Ask Philip podcast, and we're with Rob, the realtor, talking about real estate today. What up, Rob? What's going on, sir? Nothing much, man. Just trying to. I, I'm replacing the word dollar. You know, you said another dollar, another dollar, another day. I'm, I'm starting to say another Bitcoin, another day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm denominating my life in in currency that is actually not toxic, right? Ah, uh, um, touche, touche. Is a, which is a whole conversation, but let's let's talk about another good dollar hedge, which is real estate. So, you know, one of the things that people think about when they're about to buy a home, I know, I know we did when we bought our homes, and even we think about what we want to do with the next home. You know, should we should we build or should we buy? And and I know before you say it, it depends, right? So we we know it depends, but like, how do how do you help? people decide on which one is right for them like what decision making process do you take your clients through to decide like you know uh, which one makes sense for them two of the main things that differentiate between new construction and pre-existing is is timing and and price so and and i say and i should link price with location so, so we can throw location in there as well. So obviously timing, if, if you're doing a pre-existing home, for, for all intents and purposes, you get it now. You know, once you get a contract, that contract should close within 30 to 45 days. And, and you should be able to move in immediately, barring any, you know, extensions or seller leasebacks which I think we talked about in a different episode, but those are very common right now. Uh, but barring those types of things, you're, you're basically able to move in immediately. New construction, you'd be hard pressed to find inventory homes with new construction right now, just because of the way the market is. Uh, so with new construction, you're probably looking at about four, I'd say four months to about a year, uh, depending on the builder, type of build, how large the house is and, and basically what's going in it. So what, what people have found here recently is that uh, material, not only has the cost gone, gone up on material, but the availability of the material has also stretched out. Mm. So I had a client that recently built a new home and her expected close date and her actual close date ended up being five months apart. Oh, so she had to wait an additional five months for her home to be completed. And a lot of it was due to lack of material. You know, brick not coming in, 
windows not being available. Windows alone, she had to wait an additional three months. Mm. House was just sitting there with no advancement uh, because they could not get any windows. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that'll mess with your timing. For those of you who are considering doing new construction, uh, know that even though they give you a date, that may not necessarily be your actual date. Uh, so, and in actuality, a lot of them aren't even giving dates right now. They give you a time frame. So, so I guess, and I know this is getting off topic, but that that would make sense. Why is it, is it, the cost of existing homes are going up so much, right? Because it's like you know, and I, I don't I don't foresee the cost of um, building a home going down much anytime soon. And I think the prices are kind of going to be volatile for a while because of all the money printing, which again, which is holding the conversation. So that's interesting, man, because. I hadn't really thought about it like that, but I, but when you said it, I was like, yeah, I do know clients who were building over the last twelve months, and man, they had a hard time. That that would lead to uh, so other than timing, we talk about pricing. So, and again, generally speaking, we're going to leave location out of it. So, barring location, we're just going to leave that and let it sit on its own. Price, generally speaking, you can get less on pre-existing than what you would do with new construction as where pre-existing homes on the low end you're probably looking at about 180 170 180 on the low end uh, unless you're talking about like smaller condos you can get those for low 100s uh, again good luck finding them but they, they do exist but it's like hitting the lotto with new construction on the low end. You're probably talking probably low three hundreds unless you're getting into again, condos, townhomes, uh, you can probably find those mid twos. Now there are a few builders that feel that build very price efficient homes, smaller, you know, two bedrooms, one bath. They may have a one car garage. Uh, those might go for low twos, um, maybe into the hundreds, but I, I don't see those too often. That's from a pricing standpoint. So again, pre-existing starting right about 170, 180. Good luck. New construction starting in the low threes going up from there. Now, when you add location into it, that's where the price changes. Mm -hmm. So when, when you look at um, the location of new construction, obviously, and I think we talked about this in another episode, the farther out you go, generally speaking, the more bang for your buck you can get. Uh, because a lot of those areas aren't developed yet. So it, it, it takes a little bit more to draw somebody out there as opposed to, you know, when you're in the heart of the city, you know, there are people building million dollar houses. On, on infield lots, you know what I mean? Mm. Now, granted, there are some more cost-efficient homes being built on infield lots as well, but even those are low twos, you know, low to mid twos. What, what are, and what are infield lots? So an infield lot is basically where there was a home. At some point in time, that home got torn down, and they're basically putting a new home in its place in mm. an existing neighborhood. Most new construction you see is a, is a development where they develop an entire community. What you see 
like in in their master plan communities, like what they have in Little Elm and Aubrey with, with uh, Union Park, Prairie Ridge, which is a new master plan community they have going up in Midlothian, an older master plan community that is now fully developed, almost actually, because they're still building. There's Miralagos. That was a master plan community. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, you'll have infill lots where it might have been a teardown or might have been a burnout. You know, something like that, where they'll tear a house down. It'll just be literally a lot, vacant lot in the middle of a neighborhood. Somebody will buy it and develop a house on it. Okay, that makes sense. Those are the main items when I talk to people about, you know, whether they should do new construction or find a pre-existing home. More times than not, people start with pre-existing just because those are uh, a lot more consumer forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new construction and then once they get into pre-existing I mean again the market is competitive so with with that competition a lot of people are now are moving toward new construction because you don't have as much compensation and once you contract it that's yours generally speaking mm-hmm. once you contract with new construction you're you're starting to build equity immediately uh, with pre-existing homes, because of the competition, some people are delaying their equity by paying over appraised value, which you see a lot. So it's a trade-off because you can you can lock in the price of building the home, but your time frame might be off. And and like you said, you're you're locking in equity, so that's a bonus. But you know, so so if you can kind of weather the 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 volatility of when you're going to move in. It, right. You know, it, it may or may not be a really good, maybe a good deal more times than not. Right. It'll be a good deal, but you, yeah. you know, you, you get what you pay for. Right. Now I've had a few, you know, clients that have built new construction that it, that it's gone very smooth, but more times than not, there's going to be a hiccup along the way more right. times than not. And it's just a matter of, you know, making sure that at least for me on my end, that I prepare my clients for it. Like this ain't, you ain't going down the slopes. <laughs> yeah, it's right. going to be some off-terrain movement here. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 sir. Well, um, and we could probably get into it deeper in the in the in the in another episode. But I'm I'm just curious to see if you see even like the trends of building changing. Meaning, you know, I like to I like to time travel to see the future by looking at other economies that had similar economic headwinds that we have currently, you know, back in the past. So Japan being the example, it's a developed nation like the U.S. It's had below uh, 1% interest rates since, and when I say below 1%, I'm talking about the short-term interest rate, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they've been getting paid nothing on savings since like mid-90s. And they had deflation and lots of money printing like we've had since the, since the since the nineties, you know, picked up a lot in two thousands. But the point is, you know, you look at you look at their economy and is you know teched out, you know, but also I think some something like ninety nine percent of people that live in Tokyo rent right. Now Tokyo is smaller, but the but the uh, extrapolation from that is just it changed uh, housing a lot, right? It, housing got m- more and more unaffordable. So I imagine that's changing the way builders are building homes, meaning you know more. 
smaller property, especially in Texas, we're spoiled, right? right. New York and California is more used to uh, have been moving towards a Japan-like housing situation, but it sounds like we're, right. you know, we, we're going to do it rapidly, right? I mean, you know, faster but than... The thing what, is, and at least again, like you said, in Texas, we got a lot of land. We have a lot of land. Mm-hmm. A lot. Like people don't really recognize how much land we have. We, we we do, but 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 I guess I'm saying, yeah, this is my understanding of the economy, I guess, kicking in is if you were to ask me what are the direct effects of money printing, right? When they put money in the hands of the people via stimulus checks, that is inflationary in the way that we think about it, where it pushes up the price of stuff that, you know, goods and services. But uh, right. the money printing uh, also makes the value of the currency worth less relative to other things that a lot of us buy. So housing, education, healthcare, right? And so as they, and they're going to have to keep printing the money and what that, what that will keep doing is throwing off like the cost of materials and all that kind of stuff like that. That stuff is going to be a five to 10 year decade of the cost of materials rising significantly, which, which right, you know, you can move further out to lower the cost, but it's still going to impact the cost. You know what I'm saying? Oh building. yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you, I mean, you still got to buy the, the material that they use in Highland Park to build a house is the same material they use out in Forney. <laughs> Facts. So, they, <laughs> so I, guess, I guess more of the story is, and, and you like this, like buy as soon as humanly possible. Like if, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm normally not one to like rush clients to buy real estate, you know, to, to make it a rush option. Cause I feel like a lot of times in the past, it's been a scare tactic for mortgage folks and real estate po- people, but I'm like, the economic headwinds also say like buy. Don't you know? Don't like don't be house poor. But I'm saying like don't also like sit on the fence if you and wait for the price to come down because they ain't coming down in our lifetime. I don't believe. No, no. I've, I've talked to quite a few people that said, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just wait it out." I was about to say you probably shouldn't, but <laughs> you know, ultimately, ultimately, it's your decision. I I, I personally will recommend against it, but. Like like I tell all my clients, it, it's your house. You're the one that'll have to live in it. I'm just here to advise you. Yes, yes sir. Well, man, look, I um I appreciate the thoughts and and the and the topics as well. I'm I'm glad we're really doing this because again, one of one of my big macro outlook beliefs is that real you know understanding the real estate market is going to become increasingly important over the next five to ten years, and so it's good to have an expert you know, to, to, to help, you know, help me figure stuff out and, and the audience. Yeah. You're not kidding. You're not kidding. Get as much of it as you can <laughs> and hold on to it. Yes, sir. All right, man. How can everybody reach you if they're interested in getting more information? Oh, direct sale is the best way. Either call or text at 317-372-3022. You can reach me on all social media channels. Rob L. The Realtor. Right. Or email me. Rob and Ink Realty Group. Ink with the cat. Sounds like a plan. Well, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day. And we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Make it a great one. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk.
That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.